Merry Christmas. Man, wasn't that awesome, that song? Wasn't that? It was amazing. And I love Christmas Eve. How many of you love Christmas Eve? Okay, how many of you love Christmas Eve more than Christmas Day? Oh, just me? Oh, no, there's a few of you. Good. No, I, I just do. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the songs. Maybe it's the atmosphere. Um, I look forward to it every, every Christmas. And I look forward now uh, for the past few years to Benjamin's poem, right? Wasn't that arresting? It's awesome, yeah. And we also, as we approach Christmas Eve and get into this Christmas season, we start hearing about the best of the year. There were some best things, okay, just, just in case. Uh, uh, the top ten lists, you know, you, you got all those lists coming out. The top ten songs of the year, I won't go over them. Uh, the top 100 songs of all time, the best-selling song of all time, and of course, every year, the best-selling single worldwide all time. It's still the same. It's still on top. It is... White Christmas by Bing Crosby. That's right. Yeah. Some of you who are younger are going, what? <laughs> yeah. And while that's all really nice, and it's all very interesting to a few of you, um, let me ask you, what might be the most important song all time? The most important song. And this Christmas Eve, I'd like to read from the biblical account that contains the announcement of the most important event ever which was accompanied what many might consider to be the most important song ever, uh, containing the most important news ever proclaimed. It's found in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. It'll be on the screen for you, but it's sung by a really good band. They're called the angels. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those with whom He is pleased. It's a very familiar song. We, we sing it in a lot of our carols. It's, it's in some of our hymns and songs that we sing throughout the year. Um, it reached number one in Bethlehem, by the way. It's a one-sentence hymn. Have you ever noticed that? A one-sentence hymn that defines all human need. And in describing what our greatest need is, every one of us in this room, everyone watching, everyone who has ever been born on the planet, bar except Jesus Christ, it explains the mission of the baby, Jesus Christ, in that manger, that there is nothing else. There is no one else uh, who can meet the greatest need in every single human being. And there are two words, that's all I want to do tonight, two words in that angelic choir's one-liner that I want us to meditate on, that I want us to really think about and take home, uh, not just for Christmas, but for uh, the rest of our lives. Glory and peace. Glory. <laughs> it seems like people will do an awful lot to get the glory. Have you noticed? Guys playing sports, people in politics, uh, one-upping each other, I mean, to get the glory. But where, according to the angels' song, where is glory found? The only place you'll discover true glory is in the highest. And where is the highest? God. There is nothing, no one higher than God. Imagine what the world would be like for just a minute. I mean, this, this is really going to make you imagine. Imagine what the world would be like if every person existed with the sole intent to bring glory to God. I mean, what a different place it would be. That's the way it was meant to be, right? Right from the beginning. But in a very sad moment of disobedience and rebellion, our, 
our great, 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 great parents, Adam and Eve, they chose to live for their own glory, not the highest glory. They flipped the pyramid. They put themselves on top and moved God down a little bit, which you really can't do. And it was their desire to do this. Glory of the creation over the glory of the creator. It's nuts, I know, but it happened. And you and I and every human who has ever existed has perpetrated that rebellious, selfish intuition ever since. All human beings, all of us, live in the middle of personal glory wars. Some uh, are very brash and bold and arrogant about it. Others are really humble and, and quiet, and you might not even know that they're seeking some glory. Whether it's anger during traffic, which I know none of us have ever experienced. Maybe it's a, a flash of jealousy because someone has something and you're like, what? How come? Maybe it's the pursuit of things, like, like material possessions, something that you really crave and you really want and think you deserve. And they can give you this temporary appearance of having some sort of glory or having made it. Or maybe it's just your fierce pride. There are lots of other glories that compete in our hearts. We want people to take notice of our existence in some way. Just acknowledge it. And whenever our relationships experience conflict, it's because the glory of God is not the sole intention of our heart. And we are still in need for what that baby in a manger came to do and came to give. So only God is deserving of glory, right? Everybody, amen? Only God's deserving of glory. Only God is worthy to receive glory. That's why we sang these songs, as beautiful as they were. You will find the glory that you are thirsting for in God alone. And the second word is peace. And peace, like glory, everybody desires it. But unlike the desire for glory, which some might hide because they're embarrassed, we're more inclined, inclined to openly admit to each other that we want peace. Who doesn't want peace? Okay, nobody puts their hand up. Yeah, exactly. And where is peace needed today? <laughs> well, not in the highest. It's not needed there. The only place that needs peace is here on earth. And the God of glory has come down to earth from the highest to bring peace to the lowest. That's Christmas Eve. That's the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Imagine again, this time, what would the world be like if every person lived at peace with God? What a different place this would be. Only peace with God will allow us to experience peace with ourselves. Not because we're healthy, not because uh, we've got abundant resources, and not because we might be a little bit better than somebody else, but because our hearts would be at peace knowing, knowing for a certainty that we are guarded and we're protected by the only one who actually rules it all, who controls it all, where safety from judgment comes from, God alone. And Jesus delivered to a man seeking to know the truth about who he was and why he had come with this statement in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. When our sin shattered that shalom, that peace with God, the result was that our our hearts would never be able to find permanent peace. We strive for it, we look for it, we do all we can uh, to, to achieve it, but we'll never be able to obtain it. Our standing before God has to change. Our standing before God has to be made new, and only He can do that. There's a heartbreaking moment in the Garden of Eden when God, in the highest, comes down in the cool of day to to, uh, commune in peace with His creatures, Adam and Eve, on earth. And instead of running to meet Him this time, Adam and Eve hide in guilt and shame because of their disobedience to gain their own glory. And they shattered a relationship of peace with the God of glory. In the angel's pronouncement that we read at the beginning is the answer to that, to that dilemma. When you and I don't have peace with our Creator and, and, and we don't find inner peace, and when our soul gets conflicted like that, The resulting turmoil and fear spills over into all of our relationships, every relationship, any kind of thing. The woman said it was the the guy. No, the snake. The woman said it was the snake that did it. The guy said it was the woman who did it. I'm not responsible. I'm not guilty. We point the finger. And whenever we struggle to live at peace with God, to live at peace with ourselves, and to live at peace with, with other people, We still need what that baby in the manger came to give and came to do. That that most important song that uh, we read at the outset about the greatest birth the earth has ever known, the, the greatest line of all time speaks of rescue. Rescue. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. God's glory. God's perfect peace. Our world doesn't have it, and it doesn't take a brainiac to figure that out. It's so true, and it leaves so many so discouraged. It's a discouraging diagnosis. But the good news can't be good unless you first know that there is bad news, right? Why do we pause every year like this? Why do we pause every year to consider the birth of the Son of God, our Savior, on Christmas Eve? Is it because we like the songs? Is it because we really get geeked about that atmosphere? Is it because, well, that's what you do on Christmas Eve? Or is it because our only hope, because of the bad news about each of us, is Jesus? Is He the reason we are here tonight? Three verses before that most important song in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. The angel of the Lord proclaimed the life-changing good news. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
from day one, this child, Jesus the Christ, the Savior of the planet, would live perfectly at peace with and for the glory of the Creator, His Father. Something you and I couldn't do. And on the cross, He would face the Father's rejection because of our peace-breaking sin. And He would restore peace between God and man because of His perfect sacrifice. The angels announce our problem, yes, and it's dire. But more importantly, the angels point to our salvation with their song, with their statements. Jesus came to reclaim. He came to rescue. He came to restore wandering hearts and conflicting relationships. As you give and as you receive gifts this Christmas, maybe some of you are doing it tonight, maybe tomorrow, maybe on Saturday. Remember that this salvation we're talking about tonight is a free gift. By grace, through faith, and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And the hope of your life will never come wrapped in paper and placed under a Christmas tree. No, no the gift of life was wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger and would later hang on a very different kind of tree. Consider the gifts you'll receive. Think about them all, what you desire. And rule out the fact, you adults, the very fact that you could buy any one of those gifts throughout the year for yourself. I want you to imagine a child who does not have the wherewithal and the transportation means to go to the mall and buy themselves something. They don't have the personal wealth to purchase their dream toy online. The only way it becomes theirs is if someone gives it to them if someone acquires it for them. And we are all like children before God. A child's temporary peace comes from those Christmas gifts which solve their immediate longings temporarily. But all year round, human beings are searching for reality and for truth and for hope and they're trusting in things, looking for peace in you fill in the blank to solve their problem of you fill in the blank. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Christmas Eve reveals the story of peace for all those who receive Jesus Christ as their peace between themselves and God. Christmas Eve reveals a Savior from glory who brought peace to earth and it exposes our need for peace. But it also supplies the source of the peace with the Messiah's birth. Would you stand with me? Those of you who are here tonight, stand with me and let's pray. And then we're going to sing one of the classics and I want you to meditate on the words, Silent Night. Heavenly Father, as we sing praises to you. We thank you that you've given us the greatest gift, your Son and our Savior, Jesus. We stand always amazed in your presence. We bow our hearts and our minds to you and give you focus through this song. And we dwell and meditate on this precious gift of your Son and our Savior, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.